Where is Mark Ward? Raise your hand, Mark. You in here somewhere? I see him walking down through here. Mr. Mark Ward, I need to say something to you. You did it. You did it again. You did it again today, son. He can't listen. Y'all came in here and you sang. You sang the song called "After This." After this, can I read y'all my scripture for today's sermon? Turn to Job, chapter forty-two. And look at verse, Donnie, I'm going to need some water. Look at verse 40, look at verse 16. Job 42 and verse 16. And look at how it starts out. Listen to this, Mr. Mark, where you at? Listen to how that verse starts out. After this. <laughs> he, he heard the Holy Ghost, didn't he? <clears throat> the title of my sermon today is After This. After this lived Job 140 years and saw his sons and his sons' sons, even four generations. So Job died being old, and I like this phrase, full of days. That means he lived every day he was supposed to live. After this, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you meet with us today. I thank you that in these empty seats, there's angels sitting, worshiping with us. I just thank you, God, that you're going to speak to us through your word today. And that after this, after this Sunday, some of us will be changed. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. We pick up Job's story where maybe he had been through some stuff in his life. And his story ended with an after this. After this, Mark sang the song, and I know that today some of y'all are going through some stuff. You might be having your own Job experience, but I come by to tell you that whatever it is you're going through, there is an after this in your future. Can I get somebody to say amen? Look at your neighbor and say, hold on. Don't let go. Don't lose hope. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Say, there's something beyond your present this. Say it. There's something beyond your present this. Thank you. This is not the end for you. Th listen, this is, just a temp this is just a temporary inconvenience. You're just in a hallway. You're just in, in an in-between place. God's about to open some new doors. And there will be an after this in your life. You say, well, why I got to go through all of this? Why do I have to go through all of this? Let me tell you something. If you're being attacked, listen to what I'm telling you. If you're being attacked, it's not because you've been forgotten, but it's because you're favored. And, and, and listen now. Favor attracts blessings and enemies. Let me show you something. Favor attracts blessings and enemies. I'll show you a scripture in 2 Samuel. Y'all know that I'm a scripture guy. 2 Samuel chapter 5, and look at verse 17. But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king, all the Philistines came up to seek David. Hear, hear what the Bible said. When David was finally anointed king, all hell broke loose on him. See, his inauguration into authority <clears throat> was an invitation for opposition. 
So is yours. I said, your inauguration into the authority of God is an invitation for opposition. So if the devil is trying to terrify your present, it's because he's terrified of your potential. Hey, God never told you, you that you would never have a problem. He never told you you'd never fight a devil. He never even promised you you'd never be sick, that you'd never be attacked, <clears throat> that you'd never say, why is all these problems in my family? Contrary to wise guys, if we get in the Bible, the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. I just want to tell you one more time, if you don't give up, if you don't give in to fear, if you keep walking through the fire, if you keep praising God in the midnight hour, you will arrive at a place called after this in your life. This will not always last. There will be an after this. I, I, I know, I know uh, what, I don't know what your, it, this is today. Many of you are going through many things. Maybe it was a bad doctor's report. <clears throat> Maybe it's a long season of sickness. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe it's a painful disease. Hey, that's described my last year. We buried three family members. I was diagnosed with cancer. There's been a lot of pain, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm in the middle of my dish right now, but good God Almighty, I'm looking for my after this before this is over with. <clears throat> Maybe it's a deep hit of debt that you're in. Maybe it's been a painful divorce, but I want to promise you again, hang on. There will be an after this in your life. I can't even promise you that you'll never walk through the valley of the shadow of death or that you'll never cry over a wayward child. I can't promise you that. I can't promise you that you'll never be lied on, that you'll lose somebody that you love, that those that are close to you will walk off from you. I've had all that happen. Or that there'll be times that you feel like quitting. I can't promise you that, but I can promise you that there will be an after this in your life. Listen, just because God didn't keep you from the trial doesn't mean he can't keep you through the trial. Let me say it again. Just because God didn't keep you from the trial doesn't mean he can't keep you in the trial. L listen to what I'm saying. If you're not dead, Jesus is not done. Let me say it again. If you're not dead, Jesus is not done. Your Bible says this. Let me, let me read you this right here. Your, I need a big, I got notes over. I need a bigger. <laughs> your Bible says in Job 42. Let me go back over there. Job 42. Your Bible says this. Job 42 and verse 10. I like to hear Bibles turning. You guys with them iPhones mess me up. Look what it says about Job in verse 10. It says, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Watch this. The Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. I, I, I don't know what you're expecting in your, after this, but I'm expecting at least double. I, I was praying about this. I was reading this last night. I was praying about this last night, and I was kind of aggravated that we've got to come into this. this or, listen, I'm grateful. And thankful that God and the school system has provided this oratorium, but I hate every minute of it. And I was kind of complaining about it last night. And I, and I, read, I read that scripture, and I said, okay, God, if we're stuck in that oratorium for another month or so, here's what I'm asking you to do. When we go back in our church facilities, we won't double. We won't double the people. We won't double the money. We won't double the anointing. We won't double the souls. 
How many of you agree with me over there? So Job, Job got double, but first, before Job got double, he had to go through his this before he had arrived at his after this. Now watch this, Job chapter 1. Is it okay if we look at some scriptures? Job chapter 1, I want you to see this in verse 3. Look at Job. Let's talk about Job a minute. It says, his substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, watch now, and a very great household. He wasn't living in no shack. He lived in a fine home, in a very great household. So, watch now. So that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. Job absolutely was the richest, wealthiest of everybody in the East. Job was the man. Job was perfect. He was upright. He was very wealthy. Seven sons and three girls, ten children did Job have, and he feared God, and he eschewed evil. Everything was perfect, and Job was perfect. But he went into his season of a this. Listen, you got to go through this to get to after this. Listen to this right here. Let me read you some more about Job. Look at verse 13 of chapter 1. And there was a day when the sons of God, when the sons and the daughters were eating and drinking wine in their elder brother's house. There came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowed and the asses feeding. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. I, I only am escaped to tell you alone. And while he's standing there, look. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and had burned up the sheep and the servants are consumed. And I only have escaped. And while he was yet speaking, came also another and said, The Chaldeans have made three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped to tell you. He, listen, he just went from being the richest man to broke. He lost everything except his children. Then the next verse says, And while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their elder brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smoked the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell you. Job suddenly finds himself in a this. I mean, he'd lost all his oxes, lost all his asses. Fire fell from heaven and burned up his sheep and his servants. The children all die. The Chaldeans take all the camels. And if that wasn't enough, that complete failure, he's gone from poverty, from riches to poverty. Now a strong wind hits the house. His whole family, all of his children are dead. I can see Job as he steps in <clears throat> to his season of this. Stark sadness grips him. Heartbreak. He's overwhelmed with grief. Can you imagine the hot tears that stroll down his face and drop to the ground as ten caskets lay before him on the funeral day? Not one, Brother Donnie. Ten. And Job stands there in the middle of all this. 
And the devil says to God, look, he's about to cave in. He's about to give up. Some of you today, the devil's watching. He's, he's hoping <clears throat> that you'll give up. Don't you stop in the middle of this. Now, 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 now watch. If all of that wasn't enough, then Job's body messes up. And he's got boils from his head all the way down to his toes. He's completely covered. And he takes a broken piece of pottery. And he goes out and he sets on an ash pile. And he scrapes himself 24-7 trying to ease the itch and trying to ease the pain. And, and there he is. He's, he's, he's in the middle of this. Now I'm going to tell you what your after this looks like. But first, I want to look at Job's example in the middle of his discourse. Because listen to what I'm saying. Don't forget this. It's how you carry yourself during your this that determines how you come out looking after this. I, I, I need to say that again. It's, it's how you carry yourself in the middle of this that determines how you come out looking after this. So I'm going to look at one or two Three examples of, of Job. <clears throat> the first thing is still right there in Job chapter 1. All that news just came to Job. Your children are dead. You've lost, you broke and your family's dead. And I want you to look at what Job did in verse 20 and 21 of, the, of chapter 1. Look at this. Oh, he, he just got that news. Just heard that his 10 children are dead. Verse 20. Then Job arose, rent his mantle, Shaved his head, fell upon the ground, and look now, and worshiped. Wait a minute. You just got the worst news that anybody could get. And he's laying on his face on the ground and worshiping. And look what he said. Naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. What's the devil going to do with somebody that'll fall on their face and worship and not say one thing against God? I said the other week, it's okay to ask God questions, but it's never okay to question God. You don't ever get mad at God. You don't ever question God say, why God? Why God? Here, here's the thing. <clears throat> the devil is not expecting you to worship. He's looking for you to whine. And when you don't whine, and you worship, you throw him for a loop. You mess him up. He don't know what to do with you. So if you will praise instead of pouting, and if you will worship instead of whining, and if you will let the trying of your faith enable you instead of disable you, what's the enemy going to do with you if he squeezes you and out of you comes praise? I, I, I remember a year or so ago, I, I, remember, I, I remember my brother up here, we're at his wife's funeral, you know, he's sitting on the front row, Brother David, and he's worshiping God at his wife's funeral. Yes, Yesterday, I watched Brother Donnie sitting no further than me and him in front of his mama's casket. And I seen him raise his hands and shout, glory, thank you, Jesus, love you, God. I seen Timmy, I seen the rest of the, rest of the family. Let me tell you, the devil don't know what to do with a family that have praised God right in the middle of the problem, that have sat in front of their mama's casket and say, God, I want to thank you. You're God anyway. You started this thing. You can finish it. You, you've never forsaken me you've never left my family I'm going to serve you in the middle of this you know you know the Bible says I, I, I guess I got time what time is it how, how long have I been preaching I, 
there's a clock right there in front of you. Big and about that big. Okay. <laughs> in 1 Chronicles chapter 18 and 1, to that point that I'm talking about, 1 Chronicles chapter 18 and 1, First Chronicles. Where is First Chronicles? Here we go. First Chronicles chapter 18 and 1. Look what it says. Now, here it is. Now, after this, it came, oh, I like that. It came to pass. I just saw that. After this, there's something up for making noise, guys. After this, it came to pass. So that tells me that in the middle of my this, it came to pass. Yeah. <clears throat> and look what it says about David. <clears throat> after this, after this, it came to pass that David smote the Philistines. Now they had, listen, the Philistines had been giving David hell for years. Somebody, listen, one of you, there's an amp. This, this really bothered me, making a noise or it's in a mantra or something. It's an amp. One of y'all cut it off for me, please. It says, after this, David smoked the Philistines. Now watch this. After this, David smoked the Philistines. After what? After this, after what? If you know the story and you know your Bible, David got this complete victory, completely smoked the Philistines, but it was after the Philistines had stolen the ark, and David went to get it and was bringing it back the wrong way, had it on a cart instead of on the priest's shoulders. Let me tell you something. There will never be an anointing in a church that's not on the priest's shoulders first. And, and, and so... They, you know, the, the ark was, was at uh, Obed-Edom's. Finally, David went back to Obed-Edom's and got the ark and brought it back. At, as he's bringing it back, remember I said you got to praise him in the middle of it. Job fell down and worshiped God. As David's bringing the ark back, he's dancing, he's leafing, he's shouting, he's praising God. Every six or seven paces, he stops and sacrifices a big, full-grown bull. And there's blood everywhere. And he's dancing and he's praising. And there's blood on his feet. And he's dancing and he's praising and he's worshiping God. And there's blood on his feet. And he's praising God. And he's loving Jesus. And there's blood on his feet. I'm going to say that again. There's blood everywhere. There's blood all over you. You need to stand up and give God a praise. There's blood everywhere, and he's praising. It followed his praise. Now, here's first thing is Job worshiped God right in the middle of the worst scenario he could have. Why do people, Pastor Caleb, tell me, when people start going through stuff, why do they want to get out of church? I can't tell you the times I've called somebody that's been missing to say, Brother, I'm missing you. How, how, how you doing? Well, I'm just going through some stuff. I'm just trying to work it out. Well, you need to have your tail in church praying. You don't, you don't need to be at home by yourself. You need to be with God's people if you're working something out. But Job worshiped. That's the first thing that we see about Job in the middle of his this to arrive at his after this. The second thing we see is in Job chapter 23. Go back over to the book of Job. 
Job chapter 23 and verse 10. Look at that. This is a big one. Job 23 and verse 10. Job had just said, I go forward and I can't see God. I go backward, I can't find God. I go to the left, I go to the right. I can't feel God anywhere. You ever had a, you ever been in the middle of a disc and you just cannot feel God anywhere? Hey, who's ever been in, a, in that place where you pray, you read your Bible, raise your hand, but you just can't feel God? You've been there before. All of us have. You, if you don't raise your hand, you're lying. And I can't really see you that good, so I'm not picking on nobody. But watch this. In Job 23 and 10, in the middle of all that, when he just said, I, I, I don't know where he's at, verse 10, he says, but he knoweth the way that I take. I can't feel him. I can't experience him. I ain't getting answered to no prayer, but I know him, and I know that he knows the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I want to tell you something this morning, even when it seems like God is a million miles away and I don't know what he's doing in my life, let me promise you, God knows what he's doing in mine and your life. Nothing has caught him off guard. He saw you in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. I knew you before I formed you. He said to the prophet, God knows what you're going through this very day. As a matter of fact, he knows the thoughts that you're having in your mind right now while I'm preaching. So be careful what you're thinking about me. Joe said, I'm going to keep on walking. I'm going to keep on walking. Here's what Joe was thinking. It wasn't written yet. But over in Romans chapter 8, in verse 18, here's what Joe was thinking. The, the, David later would say, for, I mean, Paul later would say, for I reckon, you know Paul was from the south. I'm sorry for all you guys that are here. You moved down here from up north. Paul was a southerner. Over in 1 Corinthians, he said, I speak in tongues more than y'all. More than you all, huh? And here he says, for I reckon. You know you from Pickens County when you put your hand in your belt. So I reckon. (laughs) Paul Paul said, watch watch what he says here. He says, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, listen, I'm going to trust God anyway. Here's what I found out. Sometimes we want to have, listen to what I'm saying, sometimes we want to have an escape, but God wants us to have an experience. And, 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 and sometimes we want to be delivered, and God wants us to be developed. Uh, did, y'all, did, did y'all hear what I just said? When we want to be delivered, God's developing us. That's, that's not easy to swallow. Why I got to go through this? Because I'm working some things in you that you never would get any other way. I'm working some stuff in you that you never would get any other way. First Peter 5 and 10. I want you to hear this. First Peter 5 and 10. But, but the God of all grace, who had called us unto his glory by Christ Jesus, after that, you could say after this. <clears throat> watch this. After. After that, you have suffered a while. Now watch now. There's some things you're not going to get through. Except you're going to go through some suffering. 
There's some anointings, there's some blessings that are on the other side of some suffering, and you will never get there until you go through that suffering. I mean, the anointing from the, from the olive never comes from the olive until the olive is crushed. So worship, don't whine. Look, look, look what he said. He said, after that you have suffered a while. Now look, he said, God will make you perfect. That means he'll mature you. He will establish you. That means to turn you resolutely in a, in a certain direction. He's going to get you to going like he wants you to go. He will establish you, and he will strengthen you. That means to completely adjust and repair. And you know what? It's like, it's like when you go to the chiropractor, and he lays you down on that table, and he grabs your big old head in his hand, and he goes, whack, 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 whack. And then he pulls your head up, and he says, you're good to go. And he's got you adjusted. That's all God's doing sometimes is he's got to adjust your stupid brain and get, get you looking in the right direction. And while he's doing that, you just say, God, I don't understand it, but like Job, I know you know where I'm going. I know that you know what I'm going through. Let me prophesy to you today. I, I, I was thinking about this. The church world, we've been messed up. For decades now, we've been messed up. And let me prophesy this to you. God says that he'll no, he's no longer that we sh- our focus should be on building mega churches, but he wants leaders in a church who will raise up mega people. I said, it ain't the mega church, it's the bigness of God in you. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. Now watch this. Here's the third thing you'll see about Job. If you go over to Job chapter 42 again, Am I giving y'all too many scriptures? Job chapter 42, if I can get my Bible to work, coordinate with me here. Job chapter 42. And if you'll look again at verse 2 of 42, watch this. Job 42 and verse 2. In the middle of it, Job's just about to come out of all his trouble. And in verse 42, he says to God, I know you can do everything. Oh, wait a minute. I need, I, need, I need to talk about that a minute. In the middle of it, you need to get your attitude right. Listen, remember, in spite of all that's going on, remember who it is that you serve. God can do anything. No matter how bad it is, it's not too hard for God. The problem is, is the gospel that you've been hearing is the fiction of earthly bliss and not the goodness of a heavenly hope. I said the message has been earthly bliss. That's really not our message, even though God will bless us. Our message is a heavenly hope. Talk to Donnie today when we buried his mother yesterday. You want to know what a value, you want to know what's, you don't, you want to know what's a great value in your life? It ain't your checking account. It's that when you lay your mama down, you know she's in heaven with Jesus. It's a, a heavenly hope. 
not an earthly bliss. It's a, it's, a, it's a heavenly hope, not an earthly bliss. No matter how bad it is, listen, we serve the one that can touch the coffin of a widow's only son, and that widow's only son will set up and begin to talk. Would you have liked to have been there and heard what that dead boy said when he set up that day? He set up and looked around at his uncles and his aunts and his cousins and his family, and he said, oh, my God, y'all, let me tell you where I just was. I was in a place called paradise, and it's beautiful, and it's green, and there's water, and there's parks there everywhere. And let me tell you, I also know this. You see that guy right there that just touched my coffin? He's a little more than what you think he is. He's not just Jesus from Nazareth. He's the son of the living God. He's the Lord of all the hosts of the armies of heaven. He's the first. He's the last. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the lily of the valley. He's the brightest among 10,000. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's El Shaddai. He's everything. I would have loved to have heard him talk. Jesus is the one who can call Lazarus out of a graveyard and he'll come hopping out alive. He's the one that can say, Tabitha, arise, and a dead girl, get up off the bed. Deuteronomy 31 says, be strong and fear not. The Lord it is that doth go with you. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. He will not fail you nor forsake you. Yeah, you're in, the, you're in the middle of your this, but there is coming and after this. Psalms 113, David said, God is in heaven, and he has done whatsoever he pleases. How are you going to argue with that? God will do what God wants to do. Jeremiah said this, God stretched out the heavens, made the earth. Listen to what he said, and there is nothing too hard for God. Jeremiah said, there is no thing. Whatever your thing is right now in the middle of your disc, there is nothing that is too hard for God. Job said, I know God can do anything. He set me through this. He'll get me through this, and he'll get me into my after this. Now, I'm going to wind down on you in a minute and show you what Job's after this looked like, but I need to tell you this. Listen to what I'm saying, because some of y'all think, well, that's, that's good preaching, brother. I hope you think that. That's good preaching, brother Steve, but uh, if you don't think that, just pay your tithes anyway. We'll take them. <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we'll love you anyway, right? <laughs> but I want to show you something. No matter where you're at, if I can get my Bible crazy Bible. If I get my Bible to cooperate with me, Genesis chapter 22, and look at it. And, and, and look in verse, uh, where I want to be here. Look in verse 13. Abraham's got Isaac up in the mountain. He's got the altar built. He's laid his son, his, own, his, his the son of promise. He's laid him up on the altar. He pulls back the knife. I just made him mad, didn't I? He pulls back the knife. I'm teasing. And he's about to go down on the sun. Right? And y'all know the story. The angel of God spoke to him and said, hold up. And then look in verse 13 right here. I want you to see it. Where am I at? Where am I at? Where am I going to be here? 22 and verse 13. Look at this. It says, and Abraham lifted up his eyes. I want to make a point with you here now. And looked and behold. Behind him, a ram called in the thicket. The thicket represents briars, which represents the curse. And 
let me tell you, there was a lamb called in our curse. And he was caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham took the lamb and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. God, you, listen to what I'm saying. God used the bush, the curse, to tie up the ram by the horns until Abraham had passed the test. And, 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 and when he passed the test and he went through his this into his after this, he experienced God's provision of after this, after he passed the test in the middle of this. See, hear what I'm telling you now. It was there called in the thicket all the time while he was going through the test, while his heart was breaking. He laid his son on the altar and he pulled back the knife and he was about to kill him. The lamb, the, the lamb was there the whole time. God had it right where he was at. A whole mountaintop and the, the lambs called in the thicket right where Abraham was at. Please hear what I'm about to tell you. God knows how. I wrote this down last night because God spoke this to me and I believe it. God knows how to tie up your blessing until you're ready for it. I, I, I need to say that again. God knows how to tie up your blessing until you're able to receive it. Because there's some things in your life that you believe in God for that you're not mature enough to receive it. And if he give it to you now, it would destroy you. So he's got to put you through some stuff to mature you enough first to where you can handle it. When he Don't mean he ain't going to give it to you. It's there the whole time, been there the whole time. But God's waiting on you to get through the test so he can get you out of your disc into your after disc. Stop losing sleep over it, church. That healing, that blessing, that breakthrough, it's tied up for you and waiting on you. It has your name on it. It's tied up. It's there. God's already provided. Press on through your this. Now, I need to close, but watch this. Watch this. Go back with me over to Job. Let's look at the last few verses of Job again. Job chapter 42. And look at verse 16. Y'all excuse me a minute. Everybody get there? Oh, that's good. I wish y'all had some more of a drink. <laughs> watch what Job said. Watch what it says about Job. We're going to look at Job's after this now. We just seen Job in his this. Job worshiped. Job had a right attitude about God. Job said, God, you can do anything. And then we'll see Job going to his after this. Watch Job's after this. It says that um, after this, lived Job 140 years. The word lived, don't, let me talk to you about the word lived there. After, the, after all that hell he'd been through, lived Job 140 years. The word lived means he, he enjoyed life again. He, he lived in a new season. He was well. He recovered. He was refreshed. He rebuilt. He that sounds like John 10 and 10. I come to give you life and life more abundantly. He enjoyed life. He lived in a new season. He became well. He recovered and he rebuilt. Listen, Job lived. Can I tell you something? You're going to start to live again. Your best days are just ahead. Hear what I'm telling you. It won't always be like this. Tomorrow's coming. 
A few years back, a couple of years back, we got a prophecy from the, a prophecy from the Lord that says, we're living in our best 10 years. Let me tell you something. We're a year or two into it, and there's been some hell broke loose on a lot of us, but I still prophesy that to you today. Our next 10 years will be our best 10 years. I don't care what the devil's lying about. It won't always be like this. Daniel, they might have thrown you in the lion's den today, but God's going to prove himself, and the king's going to pull you out and proclaim your God is God. And then the Bible says, and Daniel prospered greatly under King Darius. Daniel, there's another day coming. Joseph, you might be in the prison today, but you're going to go from the pit to the palace, and there's going to be a life after the prison, and you're going to be somebody in the kingdom when God lays his hands on you. You will not believe what God has in store for you, church. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. I don't care how bad it is today. I'm 65 years old, and I've had some very blessed seasons, and I've had some very bad seasons in my life, physically, financially, and spiritually. But here's what I come to tell you. There's always another day. There's always another blessing. There's always another anointing. There's always another breakthrough. And if you don't quit in the middle of your this, you will get into your after this. Now, here's an important one for me. Because I'm an old granddaddy now. This is an important one for me. Look what it says. It says, Job lived 140 years, oh, here we go, and saw, that's an important word, saw his sons, his son's sons, four generations after him. That's a lot of babies. But watch this. We got eight grandkids, and I don't know if I can handle any more. <laughs> Last night at 9.30, I had a little two-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy in my den dancing around, and both of them had pulled off their shirts and was showing me, the little two-year-old girl too, showing me her muscles. <laughs> I love my eight, but God forbid. My, my children are in here, y'all can hear me. Don't, don't. Two or the three's in here. Don't have no more babies. <laughs> but watch this. It says he saw them children. Let me, let me tell you what that word is. It's an important Hebrew word. It speaks to your life and my life. So he saw them children. It says, of course, he lived to see and enjoy. That's a big deal to live and see and enjoy several generations after you. But, but it also, that word saw comes from the old Hebrew word seer, which meant a prophet. It's, it meant that he walked as a messenger of God, speaking God's words into another one's life. Hear what I'm telling you now. He saw four generations. He was the seer for four generations. He imparted the word of God into four generations after him. Good God. I don't know how you feel about it. I'm going to show you some scripture. But I'm going to set up several generations after me to be full of the Holy Ghost. I'm a fifth generation Pentecostal. My great great grandparents got baptized in the Holy Ghost in the late 1890s. Forget Azuzu in the early 1900s. I'm talking the late 1890s right here in northern Georgia. Baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. My great grandmother got filled with the Holy Ghost. She was 12 years old and couldn't speak in English for three days, they told me. Let me tell you something. And it passed down and it passed down and it passed down. And, 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 and I find myself now, I'm the seer for my grandchildren. 
grandchildren and my children and my great-grandchildren, and I'm going to pass it on, and I hope you got your mind made up to do the same thing. That, uh, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I, I, I got some knuckleheads now, but I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I've been doing I'm sick of the Holy Ghost on them, and I'm speaking the Word of God. I, I, told, one, I told my youngest son, he's uh, here a, while, a year or two back, he was in the house, and he's, he's not really serving the Lord. He thinks he is, but he's not. And, and I told him, I said, boy, I said, listen, you're going to get straight. Kind of looked at me. I said, no, you, I said, you don't have no choice. You're going to get straight. One, I said, because the Bible says that if I'll serve God, he'll save me and my household. And I said, guess what? I said, guess what, son? You're part of my household. That's tough. The word of God says you're going to get straight. That's what you got to do sometimes. You just got to go with your families, get around them, go in and go. If you, the, the kids are at your house, just walk in the room when they're not there and just prophesy over them. Say, the devil's going to get your hands off my family. Even if long distance, you're going to get your hands off my family. The Spirit of God's going to do a work in and prophesy the Word of God over them. Let me give you real quick, and I'm through. Real quick, two scriptures to that point. Isaiah chapter 59. In verse 21, look at it. Isaiah 59 and verse 21. Is in my Bible. Isaiah 59 and verse 21. As for me, God says, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. Watch now. My spirit that is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth should not depart out of your mouth, nor the mouth of your seed, now are the mouth of your seed seed, saith the Lord. Watch now, from henceforth and evermore. Let me tell you, if the Lord tarries, because it said from evermore, if the Lord tarries a hundred, two hundred years from now, I can tell you what my family will look like. They're going to be in a spirit-filled church like this one. They're going to love the Word. They're going to be worshiping God. They're going to be full of the Holy Ghost. They're going to believe in divine healing. They're going to believe that the captives can be set free. They're going to believe that greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world. That, I, I can tell you already, that's what generations after me will look like because God has promised that I'm a seer and I can impart it to Him. Start believing that. Start. Let me read you one more scripture. One more scripture, and I'll be through. I promise. One more scripture. I love the scripture. Psalms 102 and verse 28. Psalms 102. Look at it. In verse 28. Look what this Bible says. It says, The children... Look real close. The children of your servants. This is Job's after this we're talking about. Don't forget where we're at. Job's been through this. And this is his after this. The children of your servants shall continue. They're they going to get saved and they're going to stay saved. They shall continue. And watch now. And their seed, that's your grandchildren. Your seed seed, shall, watch now, shall be established before you. In Hebrew, there for established, it says... They shall be set up. Did you hear what it just said? If I will live right, my grand, I, I'm setting up, Brian. It's a setup. I'm setting up. I already got Holy Ghost blessings and Holy Ghost breakthroughs. And I already got their salvation and the hand of God. It's a setup. They, they can't get away from it because it's in their family. 
See, some of y'all, some of y'all waddled in here, and you from a different background, and you and you and you know you kind of enjoying what's going on, but you don't understand everything because you don't have that strong Pentecostal background. But you kind of enjoying the worship idea. Let me tell you what's happening. God is working in you, and He's setting up your family. And and oh Lord, they go, you, they gonna have such a future. And he said, and you will guide me by your hand. And afterward, you'll receive me up into glory. That's all it is, church. You, 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 you're just going through this right now. This thing is aggravating me. I'm praying God's going to heal. We ain't got to worry. But, but that's all it is. You're going through your this. You will get in your after this. But it's not even about your after this. It's that God has you by the hand. And he's going to guide you. And afterwards, he will receive you into glory. Let me tell you, one day, one, when they tell you that Steve's dead, don't you believe it? I'm alive. And, and, and one day, he's going to receive me to glory just like he is you. I'm going to step up out of this body. And I'm going to be young, about 30 years old. I'm going to have a head full of hair. I'm going to be good looking and strong. And he's going to receive me by my hand into his kingdom. And we're going to live forever on a mountaintop somewhere. You know, the New Jerusalem is a city that sits on a planet. And outside the New Jerusalem's gates is, the, is paradise. And, and, and the New Jerusalem is a city full of mountains and valleys. And they, they rise from the bottom. They gradually work their way up to the center of a 1,500-mile city. And in the center of that 1,500-mile city, 1,500 miles high on a crystal throne room floor on the top of a mountain. It's God's throne with a rainbow. And I said it about Donnie's mother yesterday, and I'm going to do the same thing. When they take me into that city, I might go past your mansion on the way up. I might see some, some of my, I know that my family will be there to meet me, your family will be there to meet me, and, and we'll see all of that. But I, here, you know, I'm, I, that's, over, that's overwhelming right there. I'm going to go past all the music and all the worship and the flowers are even singing and the angels' wings make music when they touch each other. I'm going to go past all of that, but I'm going to go up to that mountaintop and I'm going to fall at the foot of that throne and I'm going to grab Jesus' nail-scarred feet and I'm going to kiss him and I'm going to say, thank you, Lord. I don't deserve to be here, but you got me here. I don't deserve this, but your mercies renew every day. Lord, I don't qualify, but you qualified me. You who was made you no sin, you came sin for me. And somehow, Jesus, here I am. And forever and ever, I'm going to thank you and I'm going to praise him and I'm going to worship him. You know, I tell our pastors, I tell our pastors down in the Dominican Republic, we've got close to 38 pastors there. 38 churches, maybe some of them pastors pastor a couple of churches, but but uh, I tell them pastors when we get together with them, because there's a language barrier, right? They speak Spanish, and I speak English. But I tell them through the interpreter that works for us, I say, listen, when we all get to heaven, y'all come over to my house. We'll be able to talk to each other then. We'll speak the same language. And y'all come on over, and we'll sit on my big front porch. And you know, God's going to give me three lions in heaven, right? They're going to they're be my pets. It's going to be a white one, a regular one, and a black one. And they're going to be my pets. And everywhere I go, they're going to be walking around with me. And I tell them, just y'all come on over. 
we'll get a guitar and we'll talk and we'll play and we'll, we'll, we'll worship God. And we'll be able to talk to St. Donnie when we get there. Heck, man, we won't spend a hundred years talking about what it used to be here. It's all right. We don't have nowhere to go. We just gonna, we're there forever. I said, we're there forever. We're just going to worship God forever. We're going to love on each other forever. Leona, I remember you because you, you were my pastor's wife. And I remember you leading praise and worship. And you were probably in your 30s. And I was in my early 20s. You might have been in your late 30s. I don't know. But when we get to heaven, I'll see you younger than I've ever seen you. And I remember you young, and you remember me young, and, and I'll be even better looking than I was then. Hey, hang on. You'll get through this, and your after this is coming.